Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries bringing another podcast from the Pastor Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It's my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. And these podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 15 to 20 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any suggestions, you can contact me by email. It's masitofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O, FHM for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is, Is Not This the Carpenter? And it comes from the book of Mark, chapter 6. And if you turn in your Bibles, if you have them available, to the book of Mark, chapter 6, we'll note the first six verses. And rather than read all of them, because I know that would be kind of timely, take a lot of time, we're going to go ahead and summarize it. And before we have prayer, we're going to summarize it with the one verse that gives us our title, and that is chapter 6 of Mark, verse 3. Here's what it reads. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Shall we pray? Father, as we look at our study today, we just pray that you would teach us that which we need to be refreshed in regard to, maybe even what we need to learn in regard to, and bless us in our study. In Christ's name, amen. When you take a look at Mark chapter 6, it's interesting to note that Jesus is going back into his own country, Nazareth. And as he goes back to his own country, he begins in verse 2 to speak on the Sabbath day. You can see him going to his first country in verse 1, and he went out from thence and came into his own country as disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Now think about this for a moment. If you were alive in this day in which we're reading about, what would you be thinking? Uh, Jesus is back home, Nazareth. He's in his own country. They lived with him for 30 years, watching him grow up as a child, watching him become a carpenter, watching him have a business. And now all of a sudden here he is speaking and he's speaking in such a way that they are astonished. They're totally taken back by what he is saying and not only what he's saying, but also in what he's actually doing. So the question they ask is a very logical question at this point. Verse three, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? It is not just who is he think he is in essence by saying and doing the things he's doing, but yet we're confused because he's saying them with such great power and authority. But Jesus in verse four of Mark six says this, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could do there no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching. So the people knew him as the carpenter and had a hard time seeing him as the son of God and the savior. Now we may be having a problem with that too. I recognize that we live in the United States of America and Jesus is pretty common in the United States of America. 
uh, and many of us who are Christians, he's extremely common to us, and especially second and third generation Christians that have been hearing about them from their birth up. And there may be a, a, a danger in taking him for granted because we've heard of him so much and not thinking of him as he really is. So in our podcast today, we want to answer the question, is not, is not this the carpenter? And we want to see who this Jesus really is. In order to do that, we want to start with Luke chapter 1. If you take your Bibles and go over to Luke chapter 1, if you have them available, uh, you'll see in Luke chapter 1, we're going to consider his birth. And as we consider his birth, we're going to see no ordinary conception. When we consider his birth, no ordinary conception. The passage that deals with this starts in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and goes all the way down to verse 38. Obviously, that's a long passage, especially to cover in a podcast, but hopefully you can read through it later. But the key to the passage is something that I'm sure you're familiar with. The idea of Gabriel coming to Mary, who was espoused to Joseph, was the idea that he was coming to a virgin. And if you see, for example, verse 27 states that clearly. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Then we also note, some people say, well, that word virgin can be translated young damsel. Yes, that could be, but it is virgin, and we know that because look at verse 34. Verse 34 says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? When the angel told her, Fear not, Mary, verse 30, you found favor with God, and you're going to conceive and bring forth the child. His name shall be Jesus. Then she says, wait a minute, but I knew not a man. Now, why is the virgin birth so important? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ was sinless. And because he was sinless, he was able to take our place on the cross of Calvary and pay for our sin. I'm a sinful man. I can't die for you who's a sinful man. But the sinless Jesus could. And that's what he did. And you say, wait a minute, isn't that kind of impossible? Well, we think that, of course, but God does the impossible. Look at Luke chapter 1 again in verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So when we say, is not this the carpenter, as the people in Mark 6 were asking, we answer, first of all, well, let's consider his birth. No ordinary conception, he was born of a virgin. The second thing we want to look at, and let's stay in the book of Luke to see it, is number two, consider his boyhood. No ordinary child. Consider his boyhood. No ordinary child. Start in Luke chapter 2, verse 41, and go all the way down to verse 52. Again, a lengthy passage you can read later, but let's just summarize it. Here we find in verse 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom, after the custom of the feast. And here we find the Lord Jesus now at the age of 12 years old and his parents lose track of him. After three days, they find him and they realize that he's been in the temple talking with the Jewish leaders and asking questions and having discussions with them. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's no ordinary boyhood, to be sure. And then they said, wait a minute now, you got to come down home. And they take him down home. And verse 51 says this, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. 
and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So we see his boyhood summarized in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Amazing thing at the age of 12, talking to those in the temple. But we also see him going back and growing up as a normal boy. In verse 52, we see four things about a child's development that we should be seeing about our children's development today too. Jesus increased intellectually. He increased in wisdom. He increased physically. He increased in stature. He grew spiritually in favor with God, and he grew socially in favor with man. That's a real balanced life, isn't it? And Jesus was raised and had a balanced life. Our children need to be raised with a similar type balanced life too. But he was no ordinary boy, that's for sure. No ordinary child. We can see that in him talking in the temple and see that in the way he grew. The third thing we want to take a look at is this. Consider his baptism, no ordinary convert. Consider his baptism, no ordinary convert. We'll stay in the book of Luke and we'll go to the third chapter this time. And in the third chapter, we note this in verse 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son in thee am I well pleased. Now, this was obviously no ordinary baptism. In fact, when we take a look at the book of Matthew, we see a little bit more detail there in chapter 3. When Jesus comes from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of John, in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 3, John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And, and what we realize here as we study scripture, Jesus was sinless. He had nothing to repent of. He had no sin to be forgiven for. He had no baptism to make a public profession that he had repented and confessed his sin. Now, John did, but Jesus didn't. But Jesus in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 3 says, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he, John, suffered him. And that same scenario we saw in the passage in Luke chapter 3, verses 21-22, is what we see here in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is no ordinary baptism. He is no ordinary convert. And Jesus, verse 16 of Matthew 3, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and though the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. So consider his baptism, no ordinary baptism. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, all involved in that baptism and marked out in a very special visual way that day. Now, the fourth thing we see is this. We considered his birth, no ordinary conception. We considered his boyhood, no ordinary child. We considered his baptism, no ordinary convert. Now we go to Luke chapter 4, consider his burden, no ordinary citizen. Luke chapter 4, consider his burden, no ordinary citizen. Another large portion of scripture covers this. Luke chapter 4, verses 16, down to verse 30, 16 through 30. But I want to highlight it, if I may, by starting out with the beginning verses 
and, and reading them to you. And here's what we find Jesus doing. And, it came, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. And there was delivered unto him, verse 17, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place wherein it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel and to the poor, and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then what did Jesus do? Verse 20, he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And Jesus began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And the response, verse 22, And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of the mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Well, he's more than Joseph's son. He's more than a carpenter. He's more than an ordinary citizen. He is the savior of the world. Jesus Christ came and was born so that he might live and declare the Father and that he might die and shed his blood for our sin, be buried and then raise again from the dead to show that he had power and victory over sin, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, when we consider his burden, he was no ordinary citizen. Let me just mention a couple of the things in that regard, because I think they're so special. When you take a look at Luke chapter 19, for example, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and we think about the Lord Jesus. Is this the carpenter? Is this the son of Joseph? No, he's more than a carpenter. He's more than the son of Joseph. He was God in the flesh who came to give his life for our sin. And Luke chapter 19 brings this out in verse 10 when we read these words. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus was born. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. In fact, it's amplified a little bit when you go back to the book of Mark chapter 10. When you go back to the book of uh, um, Mark chapter 10 and you see, for example, uh, a verse, let me make sure I get the right one here. Mark chapter 10, and look at verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. That's why Jesus came. So the question that was asked in Mark chapter 6, if we want to turn back there as we close, in Mark chapter 6, the question that is asked is, we're listening to him and we're astonished. We've grown up with him. We've seen his life as a carpenter. Now he's teaching and doing things that are just beyond our comprehension. Is this not the carpenter? The answer is he's more than a carpenter. Consider his birth, no ordinary conception. Consider his boyhood, no ordinary childhood. Consider his baptism, no ordinary convert. And consider his burden, no ordinary citizen. And when you come to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as he truly is, the Son of God, God in the flesh, you then can believe upon him and be saved and watch God do mighty 
things in your life too. You see, the people back in Mark chapter 6 didn't do that. Uh, they didn't believe him. They heard him and they questioned it, but they didn't believe. And as a result, it says in verse 5 of Mark chapter 6, and he could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. He can't do a mighty work if you don't believe in him. And verse 6, and he marveled because they're unbelief. How could they hear what I'm saying? How could they see what I'm doing and still not believe? And he went round about the villages teaching. Is that you today? Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier. We hear about Jesus all the time. And we're at a point in time now where not only our America, but the whole world is, is celebrating the birth of Christ to some extent or another. And we hear about him and we think about him. And, and what, but what do we hear and think about him? We have to hear and think about him as the scripture portrays him as he is in truth, the very son of God that came to seek and to save that which was lost and is waiting to save you and forgive you of your sin when you repent and believe upon him. Don't just look at Jesus as a carpenter. Look at Jesus as he truly is. God, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Well, I trust you've made your decision to trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior. If you haven't and you have any questions about that, we just touched on it for a moment, didn't we? And there might be more questions you might have about that. Please feel free to, to, to send me an email. My address again is masitofhm at gmail.com. M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. If you send your phone number with it, I'll give you a call. If you just send your email address, I'll send you an email. If you send me your address, I'll send you some material. The most important thing is I want to help you as a man of God who made a decision to trust Jesus Christ as his personal Savior when I got back from Vietnam back in 1970, 71. I, I want you to be able to make that decision too. I want you to have that confidence that you know that Jesus definitely is more than a carpenter. Jesus definitely is your very own personal Savior. But you need to believe in him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope you have. And if you have, I hope you appreciate that as we've taken a look at the life of this one who is a carpenter. No, he's far more than a carpenter. I trust you'll have a good day.